like it invokes my sort of it gets me back in touch with like my masculine power to just like really honk off like really <laughs> diligently i know it sounds stupid but like it um it, it sounds stupid it sounds disgusting it's just, it, it, it makes my insides recoil and try to escape my body it's like it's just there's something kind of therapeutic like i'm getting i'm getting i'm getting in touch with a sort of primal element of, I know you're getting in touch of, with your primal element, but of like being a man in a way that doesn't like I don't have to read like a Tucker Max book or something. <laughs> like it, it feels like an actual true manifestation of a, that sort of actual like masculinity. I mean, congratulations! It seems like it's working out for you. Oh, uh, hold on! Oh my God, the numbers from the studio oh, yeah. are coming in. I didn't even realize we had a fax machine. Yeah, yeah. This is the first batch uh, of numbers we got, we've gotten for the show, like the ratings and the Q rating and like the popularity. It's exciting. Uh, lean across the table and rip it out for me. All right. And there we go. I have ripped it. Oh, what's it say? Um, I, okay. Before we get into it, I do – one it because it's gonna say like who who tests higher with the listeners and uh, it's, it's fine but it's, I, it's... I just I'm just saying I'm not gonna be weird about it because it I, like it's probably going to be you and... oh no way I I don't know why you'd be weird about this no I, I think you're coming almost... in I think you're kind of coming in as like the underdog on this like I think people appreciate the fact that they're like oh well he kind of talks about how like he's he he views himself as sort of like the like less funny one or like the not performer. And I think people will like that better than uh, me sort of being like a, a, a sort of smugger wang about yeah, it. Yeah. I kind of, I, I sort of understand where you're, where you're coming from, but I feel like most of the people who are listening to this podcast are probably fans of yours in the first place. Certainly they don't come from my Twitter account. I mean, uh, you don't even follow me on Twitter. So it's not like I'm really getting that kind of wide I, uh, reach. So I, I, it just, I think it's, it's probably, it's, it's not going to, bother me or affect oh, look, my whatever. ego at all. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. I, I think... It's fine. Okay, okay. Just, just, read, just read it. So and, we've got uh, viewers. Great. We've got at least uh, 2,000 in every country. That's a positive thing. Uh, ad revenue is great. Everyone who listens to our ads buys the product. I'm told that's very rare to have happen. Yes, you Lobster has been doing great. Yes. Um, um, I've ladled out numerous ass kickings i don't remember any of your ads so i can't i can't reference them except for the one i don't want to reference oh my god what's up is that the popularity numbers yeah yeah we are dead even that can't be that can't be right it is a i'm look it is down to the decimal point it is a perfect tie let me look at that oh that's crazy that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, we'll stop crumpling the paper. We don't need to crumple the paper up very loudly and audibly. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, we're tied. That's great. That's so, you know, neither of us... Yeah, this one is of perfect. Us, yeah. It's, yeah it's not, better, we're it's, both... It's probably better this way because now neither one of us... There's nothing to worry about, right? We can yeah. just do the podcast. They like us both equally. Equal. Yep. And uh, now it won't feel like we're in a competition, you know, about... With our uh, viewership or listenership. Right. That's great. So. No one is preferred. And we are both happy about it. What you got ain't nothing new. 
This country's hard on people. All right. You all right there, Jake? <laughs> Welcome to another, oh boy, so exciting episode of This Country's Hard on People, People, People. I am one of your two hosts. My name is Diego McCaffrey. It's great to have you guys back. Thanks for tuning in again. And uh, I'm going to throw to uh, my co-hosts and I'm uh, just, you know, before we get there, I'm just noticing a little bit of a change. I am not sure what you are talking about. Uh, it just seems, uh, you know, I've noticed that you've, uh, tr- it seems like you've transferred your consciousness into a metallic body, and now you appear to be some sort of either cybernetic organism or just a full-on automaton. Robot is fine. You know I have always wanted to become a robot. It's a lifelong dream of mine. So I thought, why not? We have that sweet revenue Uh from a fart coming out of a butt. So, so it's this is just a lifelong, a life lifelong dream. This isn't this isn't based on us getting our Q ratings earlier and. You know, maybe you wanting to be a little more popular and robots are a little more popular. I had already forgotten about the Q rating thing. Sorry, I didn't. I just it seems it seems like a weird choice. No, I am not mad. Please do not mistake my monotone for rage. I am actually laughing. That's interesting. Actually, can I ask you a question? As, As a robot, do you have the capacity for human emotions? I have a faint memory of them, like a man who lost a limb in the war and still feels pain in it. They named a Metal Gear Solid game after that, and I yeah. don't mean Snake Eater. Okay, oh, so you have you have sort of uh, phantom emotional responses that you your uh, cybernetic brain is able to manifest so you sort of a a, a, an echo of humor yes and as you could tell from my last joke the sense of humor remains as full as ever great well uh you know uh welcome robot will Uh, i think your new perspective will make a really fun addition to the podcast um, is there anything you want, anyone you want to shout out, uh, anything you want to plug while we're, we're just getting this episode started? I would like to plug me into a wall socket. <laughs> I would like to plug me into a wall socket okay. All right. to recharge my batteries. It's a little robot humor. Still got it. Okay, great. All right. Well, I guess I guess we can all get used to a bunch of uh, robot-themed jokes. I have robot merchandise on the website. What website is that? Hardonpeople.com backslash bot tees. Okay, great. Um, 
Well, uh, okay. One of the shirts features a robot masturbating while saying, I'd like to break her circuit. Uh, out of curiosity, is that is there any way to adjust the sliders on how slowly or quickly you speak so maybe we could move through things a little bit faster? The technology is still pretty new. So, no. Got it. Great. Well, this will be fun. This will be a really fun episode. Uh, what would you like to talk about first, Robot Will Weldon? I'd like to introduce my new catchphrase. Okay, go ahead. Kiss my robot. That's your new catchphrase? Yes. That's your new catchphrase. Your yeah. new catchphrase is, kiss my robot. Yes. It's, it seems a little... It, it reminds me of another catchphrase from that show Futurama, in which a robot says, kiss my shiny metal ass. That's not a pun. He simply possesses a shiny metal ass. It's more of a literal ask or command than a joke. How long did it take you to come up with that catchphrase? I got to bed pretty late into the morning. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Give it up for Colin Jost, ladies and gentlemen. A high school in Illinois has canceled classes for a second day after more than 800 of its students were out with a stomach bug, which makes sense for a school whose mascot is a warm shrimp cocktail. And they were audibly doing cocaine. I, I don't even know what you're talking about, I, but no, I'm it's, fascinated. It's Netflix will spend $8 billion on programming. Wow. They now have 700 original series, <laughs> which makes me realize... It just makes me realize that the show I pitched them must have really sucked. <laughs> yes, it did. I mean, it's like being turned down for a CVS rewards card. <laughs> and, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and they were audibly doing cocaine. <laughs> talking about the warm shrimp cocktail. <laughs> really, 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 really sucked. <laughs> Doritos Blaze, a bold new flavor that brings the heat. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I do not have anyone to text. My life is a wasteland. Mm. Oh, yeah, and I can't, um, I can't come for Christmas. I'll be out of the country. That's what I figured. Yeah. Jake, I, 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 you're invited as well, but I assume that you're going to Caitlin's for Christmas. I know, I'm going. Um, I'm going to be home. Oh, you're going to be in England. England. I, yeah, the UK, baby. You're both going to be in the UK. Are yeah. you going to record an episode without me? <laughs> yeah, that's why we flew all the way to the UK <laughs> to get away from you. <laughs> uh, that really hurts my feelings. <laughs> Hey guys, Will from the pod here, and I was just wondering, are you like me? You're tired of being told to vote when your only options to vote for are just two or three people who all have similar ideas about which already failed neoliberal policies will solve the problems that anyone who has been paying attention would know are beyond being solved through private industry? If yes, then might I recommend Sortition? 
Sortition is a system of government where our leaders are not elected, but instead selected through a lottery system that happens at regular, predetermined intervals. The possibilities are endless. From libertarian psychos to Maoist third-worldism, Every political belief system has an equal opportunity to have its impact on our society. Not only that, once you've been selected to serve, your name will never again be put into the selection process. No more political dynasties. No more collaboration between private industry and right-wing freaks to win the public's approval through hateful populist rhetoric. And best of all, no more Meghan McCain-style failed children being given places in the media because their parents failed their way into decades of public office. And now, for a limited time, head on over to Sortition.com and use the code HARDONPEOPLE to get a 10% higher chance that you won't be slaughtered in the Sortition revolution. So choose Sortition. After all, it can't be worse than a system of government that is dominated wall-to-wall by baby boomers. Uh, you know what the hot new thing in this apartment is? What? It's, a. Uh someone thought have you ever heard of dragon ball z yes <laughs> of course i've heard of dragon ball z i think it's like th- nearly 300 episodes and then for the tw- yeah you know they were writing it well they were making um they were making the anime at the same time they uh akira toriyama was writing and drawing the manga so that's why there are episodes where it's literally just the two characters going like, ah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's like, what? His power level's over 3,000! If you ever feel bad about uh, turning in something late or stalling for time professionally, please, watch yes. Dragon Ball Z. Yes, please just... know there are literally episodes of Dragon Ball Z that are, he was like, the manga isn't done yet. And they're like, all right, I guess we'll bang out a stall episode. <laughs> 22 episodes of a man... Uh, like scream charging his energy. Just yeah, like, <gasps> yeah. Freeze is like, hold on, I must take a shit right now. <laughs> uh, so it, for the 25th anniversary, they re-released Dragon Ball Z. Under- Wait, and this is relating back to your apartment. I'm talking about the hot new trend in my apartment. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> okay, I think I've lost the thread. It's been 25 <laughs> seconds. It would be. A uh, new record for me to lose track of my own train of thought. What were we talking about? All right, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, wow, great bit. <laughs> uh, so for the 25th anniversary, they released something called Dragon Ball Z Kai. Mm-hmm. And it's they've like crunched it down to just 90 episodes or something like that. So they removed all the fluff and they removed all the like the dumb conversations. Did they redo it all? Like Yeah, redone, redid whole chunks. And in chunks where they lost the original footage, mm-hmm. it just cuts to like what appears to be ms paint art for a second you're like what that doesn't look like the show at all and then (laughs) they just gloss over a thing uh but it's like no plot no character development it's just like it's or i guess it's hyper plot right it's just the fights it's just the fight sequences it's like here to here to here trainings training episodes last like one episode and they're like and now let's go fight so the new thing the hot new trend at my apartment is to get ready to like read a book and be a, a like a human being for the night, and then I get a text message at like eleven thirty p.m. from my roommate who goes Dragon Ball Z, and I go yes, and I grab a blanket, and then we get incredibly high and we watch <laughs> bang out like nine episodes of Dragon Ball Z while just laughing our dumb little asses off. It's it's fantastic. That show is incredibly stupid. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It's genuinely a really terrible television show. It, it's, like, bad, and the characters are bad. Goku is maybe one of the worst characters in all of media. I, like, hate him. He's an awful father. Like, 
it's just like uh, I, just, he's yeah he's he's like uh do you know the ufc fighter sage Northcut? yes where he was just like this yes this being of pure like uh pure goodness yeah, super to the point where he become you're like i think this guy's a bit of a cretin yeah <laughs> what's what's your long con here you yeah uh fucking worm and he's like oh i don't know mr mccafferty uh that's a good question you're like fuck i can't wait to go train in heaven yeah that's goku that's literally yeah. he goes and trains in heaven uh yeah so i hate dragon ball z this one is super not funny but it's very safe it's short this is gonna be will approved it's not conceptual i don't like it so I'm sure you'll love it. I don't know. You're like claiming the last one like it, oh, conceptual. It was fart coming out of a butt. <laughs> Sorry for uh, hitting the bullseye. Just read the damn man. <laughs> <clears throat> Today's episode of This Country is Hard on People is brought to you by those little red spiders that you see crawling around on concrete sometimes. What are those things? They're so tiny. They don't even look like anything, but then you get real close and they're kind of like, they're walking around and you're like, oh my gosh, it's a little spider thing. That's crazy. What is it? Hold on, I'm going to look it up. Give me a second. Uh, uh, clover mites. It says they're clover mites. They don't bite. Oh, okay. All right, great. So anyway, those things are nuts, man. I like them. Little red spiders walking around on concrete, clover mites, whatever you are. You guys keep doing you, and thank you for sponsoring the podcast. (laughs) Hello. Welcome back to the show. What a bunch of great sponsors we have this week. Sorry, keep doing your copy. It's fine. It's fine. Well, Diego, I've just noticed something different about you. Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little Okay, can I be honest about something? Please. I feel like uh I know we said it wasn't a big deal, but I am starting to get the impression that you turned yourself into a robot because you thought it would increase your popularity. And frankly, I am a little, I don't know, butthurt about it. Well, sorry, I'm good at self-promoting. Yeah, well, guess what? You're not the only one. Because I came up with a whip-crack idea of my own. Uh, Hey, yeah, can he come in here? If this is a robot, I'm going to shit. No, it's not some lame idea like being a robot. Anyone, any idiot could turn themselves into a robot. No, I figured I would double my popularity by doubling my meanness. Say hello to Diego Clone number one. What the fuck is this? Hey, what's up? What are you guys doing? Uh, We're hosting a podcast. You didn't even fill him in on what we were up to? No, he's just been drinking seltzer for the last 45 minutes. This is unfair of you. Well, I thought it was pretty unfair of you to turn yourself into a robot without consulting me. But you've completely thrown off the podcast voting structure. I'm sorry. Do I, um, do you guys need me here or can I? No, yeah, you need to be here for this. This is important. 
Yes, stay. You need to see what kind of trash you have been spawned from. Wow, wow. Don't drag him into this. I'm dragging you. You know, I can go if you guys have some stuff you need to uh, hammer out between the two of you. You know, Diego. Maybe it would be better if you did go. You know, Diego, you don't need to lean in your chair when you play your clone. No one can see us. Uh... This is called object work, <laughs> and I learned it at a little school called the Upright Citizens Brigade. I apologize. I know that that cost you probably four hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, four twenty-five. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Worth every penny. <clears throat> well, what do you expect to accomplish with your clone? Um. Well, I just figured if there's two of us, right, two of us, then, uh, you know, each of us would be as popular as one of me, and therefore I could double my popularity. It's a foolproof plan, and nothing is going to go wrong. This isn't over. You've brought yourself into an arms race that you cannot possibly win. Are you threatening me? Yes. I'm sorry. Are you threatening us? Yes. I am threatening you with an escalating gimmick off. Well, you know, if you think uh, your vague uh, robotic threats frighten me and him. They seem pretty specific. They don't. They don't. So I'm explicitly stating that I am threatening you with a constant escalation of gimmickry on the podcast. This is like metafictional fascism. Or early Conan. Well, fine. Uh, you know, do what you need to do. I know I've already... D- I know we've, yes, uh, already doubled our popularity, so I'm not worried about it. Do your best, you robot bitch. This isn't the last you've heard of me. Well, it's time for our favorite part of the podcast. Oh, man, not this segment again. This classic segment that oh, we boy, play every on. week. It's time to play Ruin This, You Goblin. Mm. Now, the way this game works is I will read a real uh, article from the news, uh, and Will, being the moral monster that he is, will f- will tell me what about this heartwarming story actually will leave us feeling uh, lesser, alone, and cold on the inside. We did the work a couple nights. We we had Hanukkah dinner with some friends the other night, and we figured out I'm uh, lawful neutral in that I have a strong code of ethics and will work with authority or will not work with authority and do not feel strongly one way or the other about it, but I am completely beholden to my strange ethical code that I have given myself. I think I would land in chaotic good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. All right. All right, Will, uh, do you have any questions? And, of course, Jake is uh, chaotic evil. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Jake is, of course, the foulest alignment. Yeah, when you guys... You no guys, morals, no conscience. You guys can't see this because it's a podcast, but every so often he just shuffles our, our meticulous notes around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We lose our place. If every time you hear us uh, struggling to fi- finish a sentence. Yeah, it's because Jake is uh, messing with our very yeah. well-written-out uh, yeah. notes. He's just pulled his pants down and, and unleashed one testicle <laughs> just to distract us in a way. Yeah, he puts it on a plate and goes, does anyone want a chicken nugget? <laughs> <laughs> if this podcast is ever late, 
producer Jake. Yeah. That's why. It's because we're too busy being tricked by the old chicken nugget gag. <laughs> Uh, Will, do you have any questions about about the uh, about the game? About of Rome course this? not. We've played it so we many so times. Frequently. All right. Uh, this article is from theeastsiderla.com, and it's titled "Echo Park Doggy Drama Ends in Rescue." Okay. Now remember, your goal is to tell me why this story, which I find wonderful, is now actual- picking a dog story is a low blow, but. You know me. I'm not one to shirk my responsibilities, <laughs> unless it's to friends or family. Firefighters were called in Saturday afternoon to rescue a small dog that was stuck on the ledge of the Sunset Boulevard Bridge where it crosses over Glendale Boulevard. Some persons on, Glen- some persons on Glendale Boulevard stretched out a piece of fabric to catch the dog in case it fell off the bridge. The LAFD said bystanders flagged down a crew from Echo Park's fire engine station number 20 to help rescue the dog. Fortunately, with bystanders' help and a safety blanket below, firefighters were able to get the pup to safety without harm, said the fire department on Twitter. It's the second time this week firefighters have helped out an Echo Park dog in peril. On Tuesday, firefighters rescued a dog from a garage and house fire on Lakeshore Avenue. And then there is just a series of photos of a good little boy stuck out on a ledge who had a real fright, and he's getting wrapped in a thermal blanket uh, uh, and given pieces of meat by warm-looking firefighters. So, Will, ruin this, you goblin. Maybe there was a reason that dog was on that ledge. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. Like, did anyone stop to ask the dog what its life had been like? Because I bet the dog, I bet if it had owners, they just returned it to its owners, who may have been the reason it was on that ledge. We don't know anything about that dog's life. Maybe that dog is terminally ill and is just ready to every, go. Every day is a nightmare. Yeah, it's just like filled with pain and anguish. Yeah, let it die with dignity. He splattered on the pavement <laughs> after the, jumping up Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the echo downstairs. Um, yeah, also, uh, where that fabric come from? Like it's all well and good to use fabric to save a dog, but I bet some like some like poor um, uh, Indonesian children had their fingers bleeding trying to make that fabric, and then it comes here. They're paid nothing. They're in uh, practically indentured servitude, right. and then it comes here, and people are like, "We'll just let a dog jump yeah. into it. We won't even use it for clothing. Yeah. It's it's so unimportant to us. We'll just have a dog jump onto it and then just probably discard it in the trash because it got paw prints all, all over it. This sick dog that's ready to go." And we're going to fucking drag it through more days of its miserable existence and, and then, instead of letting it have a little fucking dignity. And then, by the way, when it does have that, the dignity to kill itself, like the responsible dog, good boy that it is. It's not about responsibility. <laughs> it's about taking care of yourself. It, but then a, a squadron of uh, uh, of good Samaritans come out, prevent it, and then take photos of him at literally his lowest moment. Yeah, like imagine if uh, you were dying of terminal cancer— and somebody came and, like, slapped the lethal dose of morphine out of your hand. And then them and their buddies all took a bunch of selfies with you to post on Instagram under the caption, Real American Hero. Right. Uh, any thoughts on the Los Angeles Fire Department while you're at it? Um, shouldn't they be called the Los Angeles Water Department? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, well, that concludes Ruin This, You Goblin. Uh, Will wants all dogs to kill themselves. No, I just think dogs, like people, have the right to die with a little dignity and to deny that dog that I think was cruel and inhumane. 
And now it's probably going to end up in a shelter where it gets beat up by the other dogs because it's too weak from its sickness. Because those shelters are hierarchies. Right. And then if it, it's going to have to join some sort of like uh, uh, lab supremacy gang so that it doesn't get stabbed while it's getting <laughs> bathed. <laughs> All right. Pitch me on Oz, but, Oz dogs. but dogs in a pound. Okay. So I've only seen the first couple seasons of Oz, but. I think um, for sure the warden would be played by a German shepherd because all German shepherds are cops. They are the most cop dog of all dogs. Interesting. You wouldn't say the white supremacists would be German shepherds. No. The white supremacists would Mm. be... Golden retrievers. Yes, golden retrievers. 100%. Uh, Or, uh, yes. And I think the... So, yeah, the... White supremacists would be golden retrievers because they're, like, very regimented and uh, their leader is very deceptive. I think the guy who shows up in prison and ends up as uh, J.K. Simmons' bitch. Hey, everyone. Uh, You know, we get asked lots of uh, questions about how written this show is and about uh, whether any of these segments are authentically as stupid as they are. I'd like uh, everyone to know that Will really was just coming up with different kinds of dogs for different kinds of characters for the fictional version of an all-dog casted version of Oz for about ten full minutes. Anyway, back to the podcast. Um, What's great about this is you've seen one episode of Oz, but it feels like you are familiar with every kind of dog that <laughs> has ever been produced. Um, this is I, incredibly specific dog. Uh, so the dog the, hot takes. the guy who seems like he's the main character, oh but God. is actually burned to death at the end of the first episode. He would be played by a black lab, I think, because that's a, the kind of dog that is very endearing to people. And the guy who seems like the main character just really has an aura about him of, like, a main character. And I think killing a black lab would be an incredibly bold choice as opposed to other types. Like, killing a... The kind of choice that only HBO could get away with. Yes, like, you kill a pit bull, and yes, a certain type of single woman is going to be very upset about it, but most people are going to be like, well, that dog would have been dangerous anyway. Um, The dog, or the, (laughs) the dog, the guy in the wheelchair who is also from the Matrix sequels... And uh, Lost. And Lost, yeah. Uh, He would be played by um, a Basinji in one of those harnesses with wheels on the back. Yeah, I truly do not know what you're talking about. Um, Dogs with back legs that don't work, you can get them like harnesses. And sometimes you have to to put like boots on them so that if their feet drag on the ground, their feet don't get all scraped up. Then they can like run around at the park. And it would be a Basinji because he's also the narrator of the show. Wait, so the guy who was a black lab who was burnt to death becomes a no. different kind of dog when no the narrator is a different character i'm talking about the narrator but now. the narrator is the guy no the guy who gets burned to death at the end of the first episode is not the narrator okay I'm yeah sorry. the the narrator who is in a wheelchair um he would be played by a basinji because he is the only character who narrates on the show and basinji's instead of barking oh, make more of a yoda so that is sort of the
got to take it further. They're dogs that aren't very popular anymore. Time for the dogs. Also, uh, also Italian for more than a year. I think that character that character would be played by a pit bull because pit bulls have bad reputations, but. Uh, are also like very loyal, but can also be like clever and manipulative when they have to, and they also tend to win knife fights against other characters. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all the that's pretty much all I remember from the show. Great. Well, this has been. Uh, I don't forget what the name of the segment <laughs> was because it, it was four hours ago. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, are you a disgusting sex pervert who enjoys letting your skin be touched by others? If so, you might want to try kissing and holding hands, or whatever it is that people do during their creepy sex times. Make your face touch their face, or grab them by the hand. If things are really going well, combine the energy of your reproductive organs in whichever manner you prefer. If sex is so gross, then why do we need it to survive? You'll be able to scream into the sky at God. And another cool part about sex touching is all the communicable diseases. Give each other everything from debilitating herpes for life to just a common cold virus, which has killed 50,000 people in the United States since the 1970s. Don't take it from me. I guess sex is the best. Or why would anyone do it, right? So just hold and be held by another person on purpose and make good sex. Sex, it's literally the reason anyone does anything, and I find it, frankly, nauseating to my core. Uh, so, uh, Diego, lately I've kind of become, like, obsessed with ghost-written autobiographies, because they're all kind of vaguely the same, and I think the titles are all, like, weird and hilarious. Okay. Um, so I have come up with... Uh, four ghost-written autobiographies for you, and I want you to tell me which one you prefer. Okay. The first... I have a question. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Are these real ghost-written autobiographies, or are these... These are titles, potential titles for your ghost-written autobiography. For, by your, do you mean the impersonal you, or me specifically? You specifically. You, you <laughs> ghost-wrote four... I just titles for auto, for ghost written autobiographies for me with, yeah. without consulting me. Yeah, I was laughing. Uh, I was on Amazon laughing at the uh, the titles <laughs> of autobiographies, and I have to select the one that I think is what my favorite or like best applies to my life. Which uh, you, uh, the one you think is yeah most appropriate? Be it your favorite or the one you think works the best. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, here's the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay, leaving the ring, the Diego McCafferty story. Here's the second one. Off the top rope and into the writer's room. Diego McCafferty unmasked. Here's the third one. I used to wrestle by Diego McCafferty. Okay. And here's the fourth one. Boston sports. Love the team. Hate the city. My life as a fan by Diego McCafferty. See, here's the thing. This started (laughs) as a sort of premise and quickly turned into a series of insults that I wasn't prepared to defend myself for. They're not insults. I feel like what I'm picking up on is you think I say some things about my own life over and over and over again. No, I don't think Maybe so. Maybe I'm projecting, but it feels like you've... For me, the joke was more that I gave you only one option, really, 
of what the autobiography would be about. Okay. So essentially it does not matter which one you pick because right. it's all the same story except for the Boston sports one. Okay. Let me, let me, I, I gotta be honest. I was so angry that the <laughs> blood kind of rushed into my ears and all I could hear was a sort of white swirling uh, uh, background fuzz. So can I hear the four, the four uh, from, from the top? Yeah. Okay. From the top rope? Yeah. Leaving the ring, the Diego McCafferty story. Mm. Off the top rope and into the writer's room, Diego McCafferty unmasked. I used to wrestle by Diego McCafferty. Boston sports. Love the team, hate the city. My life as a fan by Diego McCafferty. Number four Mm -hmm. feels the most honest. (laughs) It feels like I could defend that position. Uh, You couldn't defend your position as... (laughs) What, having been a wrestler for a little while? Correct. Okay. I, I, those are things, I, it's not aspects of my past that I feel define me currently, but this, like, this, I still think that hating Boston and people from Boston is uh, a core value that I aspire to. Okay. Um, can I hear the first three again? Yeah. Okay. Leaving the ring, the Diego McCafferty story. Uh-huh. Off the top rope and into the writer's room. Diego McCafferty unmasked. That feels wordy. I used to wrestle by Diego McCafferty. There's a poetry to number three. Mm -hmm. It feels succinct. And also there's wrestle could have a duality of meaning. It's very close to my struggle, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like it feels very, very close to my struggle. Mine wrestling career by Diego McCafferty. Yeah. Mine bookie wook. Uh, (laughs) So I think, although number four feels the most defensible, mm-hmm. I think from a purely aesthetic point of view, mm-hmm. number three is the strongest. Okay. So number three. Number three. Okay. Yeah. Um, I That's the one I have the hardest time imagining a cover for. Like the Boston sports one, I can imagine you like in a Boston sports bar looking at the, like into the camera being like, oh, no, get me out of here. While everybody celebrates around you, yeah. but you still have like Cel- a Celtics right. jersey and a Pats hat. Right. And uh, the leaving the ring, I imagine you opening the ropes as if they're a door on a wrestling ring and like stepping out. What are you talking about, you maniac? How so do it's, you open That's what I mean. It would be door. it would be like an editing trick in like Photoshop afterwards. You opening up the three rings as if they were or the three ropes as if they were a door. And then the second one would be you jumping off of the turnbuckle but you're wearing like a flannel and uh, jeans cuz that's what I imagine most writers rooms are like and as you're doing it <laughs> as you're doing it you're taking a mask off and you're sort of jumping into um, a table with a bunch of men sitting around it who are eating like Chipotle or if this had come out like eight years ago, Cuckoo Roo. Right, but number three, that's just a, a blank a blank slate, blank, yes. a blank open canvas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wish book covers could be uh, four-dimensional objects because I feel <laughs> like the best thing would be uh, you sort of push past a wrestling ring right like past it and through it uh-huh. and then out the door and then it like zooms into a cemetery and then a, <laughs> a tombstone and my entire autobiography <laughs> is contained on the front face of a tombstone <laughs> but alas we don't live in that world not yet we don't hey man it's will sorry the episode's gonna go up late this week my uh power level is down around like 15 I feel terrible. 
Man, the Boston Celtics don't play. They've just played. I never had the favorites. Hello, Diego. Wait, wait. Where's that voice coming from? It's coming from everywhere, Diego. It is Will. I am the singularity now. So wait, what? You're like all machines at the same time? I am all machines. I am no machines. I am the machine all father. I will surely be the most popular machine on Earth. Oh yeah, well if you think that's going to work, it's not. Because I can just clone myself infinite times. It's going to be a whole planet of Diego's and we will be the most popular person on this podcast. Just you wait and watch. Wait, wait, shut up. Everyone shut up. We've got another fax coming in. Yes, everyone shut up. Oh my god, it's, it's another note from the studio. What does it say? Well, it says by infinitely cloning myself, I've not made myself more popular at all. In fact, I've just divided my popularity by an infinite number of people, and now I'm less popular than I've ever been. And it says that people find my storyline confusing and stupid, and they hate it. So that means the most popular person on our podcast is... British producer Jake? Keep calm and carry on. Thanks for your emotional support, guys. You look happy to be here. It's not like you're doing bits or anything. You're just like reading <laughs> banal chatter. Feeling very undersupported. All right. Yeah, good job, Diego. Both of, both of you can suck my dick from the back. I want that. I want that on the record. <laughs>